What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It gives me great pleasure to welcome you back once again to Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Rose Show. At time of recording, it is 8.38 p.m. on Tuesday, December 29th, 2020. And with me on the other line are three of the most talented schmucks I have ever met in my life. Nathan yeah. Hurdle, Eddie Brown, and Jacob Kinder. Boys, say hi to the people. Hi to the people. We're doing what up, fam? We're, we're doing good. Jake's Jake's clipping already. <laughs> um, we are here because Jake and I have done end of year music pods. Uh, Eddie and uh, uh, Hurdle came on together and did a pod. I think that was episode seventeen, way back in the day. So you guys have all been on the pod before, but we are combining our forces, our creative juices, to talk about our favorite music of twenty twenty. Uh, first and foremost, uh, how are you guys? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm super. I'm super inside right now. Yeah, we're all. Yeah. We're all Eddie, Eddie pulled in. his hood on tighter. <laughs> it's, so, it's it's touch and go. It's touch and go <laughs> in general. <laughs> yeah, that's good radio. That's just going to be describing all of my physical gags that I uh, do with my hood. That's the plan. So I'm, I'm doing glad. great. Thanks for asking, H. I appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely, Jake. I'm glad you're doing. You're hanging in there, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah you know. Pet. It's it's <laughs> teacher's pet. <laughs> teacher's pet. <laughs> I am doing right. the best we're, at this. We're we're, uh, we're already. We can't let the train just <laughs> just fall on yeah. its side when it's coming out of the station. So the first question, and maybe I, I guess the most relevant question is. How did COVID, how did this, these last 10 months of quarantine affect your consumption of music in the year of our Lord 2020? Jake, you first. Mm. Well, I think, <laughs> I think like many folks, um, I, I think seeking comfort from many things in my life, music is a, is a big comfort of mine and Although I love to seek out new shit and follow my favorite artists and what they've done lately, I feel like this year more than any other year, probably in my adult life, I've like listened to things that I know I like and that I know are like sure experiences. I felt like ding, ding, listening ding. to albums that I didn't know there was like this potential for, you know, disappointment or letdown, which like I think we got in normal times is fine and manageable and um this year has kind of felt like like a potential cataclysm as, as hurdle said like a lot of this year has been touch and go and to have like the reliability of let it be as opposed to like you know something new or experimental which which is the type of music i like so i mean i feel like I feel like I understand why I did what I did, but also like looking back on this year, like there's so much I didn't listen to and like, there's so much that I still need to get to. And I feel like I'll be discovering music that came out in 2020 for like 10 years. Cause, cause so much of it was like pushed to the side just for like feel good oldies. A hundred percent. Eddie uh, hurdle. If you guys want to jump in, you can totally add to that. I, but I, I, I'm in lockstep with you, Jake. Definitely wanted to go for the comfort food so to speak. Yeah, I think I, I, speaking of comfort food, I think one of the things that I noticed about the way I was listening to music is I feel like I really dichotomized like my own music listening experience. Like I feel like, cause I didn't go out and do stuff and see people and experience things. Like I used music to like give me those feelings. Mm -hmm. So like, if you look at like my top to listen to, it's all either like soul and like Motown and like great music to like go on a bike ride to. And then the other like half is just like grouper and like music to like fall into a hole into. And it's just like, was like stuff I would like, you know, listen to falling asleep because I needed like, I didn't leave my house all day. So how does my body know when it's like time to go to bed? So like, I feel like more so than usual, I feel like music was a sort of a way to, to sort of turn the clocks a little bit. Um, and I will say also just like I listen to music like everybody, you know, at work and I listen to music for running and I listen to music for social stuff and for parties. So I feel like I didn't all my normal music listening habits were disrupted anyways. I also listen to less new music because I spent less time like sitting at my desk and working and stuff. So and it just turned into this weird like miasma of like, 
you know, I'm a teacher, so all my stuff was remote. I couldn't have music playing in the classroom anymore. And, you know, I just feel like I, I, music became much more of a tool for me. Hurdle, what do you, what do you think? I, I, yeah, good stuff, Eddie. Yeah, sure. So like my music listening in a normal year, I guess, or just normally is typically pretty like ADD. So like, and, and this, I think turns a lot of people off. Like, my mom was laughing at me the other day because I was listening to, um, I think it's just called over your shoulder or look over your shoulder from that new Busta album with Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Do you know that one I'm talking about AJ? I think I do. With like yeah. the awesome, like Jackson five sample or whatever. Um, but I was listening to that, which is like a super like highly polished, like nicely produced, you know, 2020 hip hop song. And then the next thing that came on after that was Gordon Lightfoot. And my mom was just like, you are the most like ridiculous person. Like, how are you doing this? Um, and like, so I'm always like, just like juxtaposing like a ton of different stuff. I just typically I'm like shuffling my saved music. But as far as how I consumed a lot of stuff this year, it was mostly like related to the stuff I was watching. Um, Cause I was watching so much stuff this year and I ended up, um, you know, viewing a lot of series that had, either really good like original scores like good orchestral stuff like the queen's gambit would be one of those things that i'm sure we'll end up like talking about tv stuff too um but that was one that i thought had like really nice you know sort of thematic scores to it but also great soundtrack as well so um like jake said you know sort of like or like the comfort food kind of thing you know things that just felt good to listen to i've listened to more 60s music this year than like anything else dude i've listened to so much like amazing 60s stuff um i watched i watched mad men this year so a lot of it came from there um like i said um what's when i just said queen's gambit was another one um and then this show the end of the fucking world i don't know oh, if people have watched oh. that one but i'm i'm watching that right now dude that's got some amazing like awesome 60s great music soundtrack in it as well and And I guess like, you know, like you guys were alluding to, I think maybe even though like objectively, like I enjoyed the music just like on the surface, I think maybe I'm just like subconsciously like yearning for like a simpler and like more normal time. And that, you know, the, the, the tone of that music and the mood of that music, like is so sort of, you know, pure and chaste and fun. Absolutely. And I, want to piggyback off of what all you guys said but especially uh what jake said about just the idea of seeking out new music is not it's it's i I, usually you don't want to say it's a chore but it it does take some effort and that effort just had to get put on the back burner at least for me during covid because other things had to come first like just making sure that you were emotionally had your head above water each day (laughs) and part of that is going back and listening to Joni Mitchell rather than, you know, listening to the Jesse Ware album, which I still haven't listened to or to the Waxa, Waxahachie. Did I, did I do it? You got it. You got it. Um, I I, two albums that I really want to listen to. And I do like the thing where you read the pitchfork or however many end of your lists. And then you realize I've listened to six or seven of these. And then I have 43 other ones to get to. And you spend the first couple months of the neck, the following year catching up. But on that topic, boys, it is time to, 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 to dive right into the nitty gritty. I let's not waste no more time. Uh, I first want to do, Song of the year, because I think album of the year is kind of the biggest one because song of the year is just can, can, can almost be anything. And the criteria that I gave you guys was I wanted your song of the year and album of the year to be by different artists because it's easy enough to be like, oh, this is a, the best song from my album of the year. Therefore, it's the song of the year. I wanted us to be a little bit more outside the box from that. So we're going to go uh, in any old order. I'm going to randomly pick somebody. Eddie, I want you to give us your song of 2020. Um, my song of 2020 was, um, Kyoto by Phoebe Bridgers, which is again, like if for anyone who knows my music habits, which I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast does, uh, <laughs> it's like a total softball for me. Like Kyoto is a Phoebe Bridgers song, Phoebe Bridgers off new album Punisher and which probably would have been my album of the year too, if we didn't have this criteria <laughs> of like splitting the difference, which I'm happy to do. Uh, I think Kyoto is just an outstanding song. I think what's what what interested me first and foremost about it, as I believe the second single that she released for her new album, the first was Garden Song, uh, yeah. total left hook for her. Like, I think for most of her stuff, it's this very, like, 
I, I don't know exactly how to describe it without necessarily falling into a lot of like indie stereotyping, which is like true. I mean, she has this very somber, beautiful voice. A lot of her songs are like millennial meditations on death, like, you know, well-trod ground, but I don't know if anyone does it better. I think that Kyoto was so different because Kyoto does involve a similar malaise and like a similar level of like inability to remain fascinated by the world and like sort of feeling like frustrated with yourself about it and referring to your own past and wondering like, why do we interpret things the way that we do? But it's also said on like, she's talking about her band. She's like talking about exploring the world, which like even the the lyrics show an evolution for who's maybe like one of the greatest up and coming artists of the past few years, at least in her sort of genre. And musically, it's a total departure as well. Like it goes from all this somber piano and sort of strings and, you know, maybe occasionally some like fun, you know, pet sounds, studio playful stuff to like just this, it's a soaring like pop rock song with a big anthemic chorus. And um, it's a song about, a you know, world traveling rock star with family issues. And it's just like, it felt like a forward move for her. And like at the end of the day, I found it fun, exciting. You could run to it, which is a new sort of dimension for any Phoebe Bridgers song. Um, It felt like a huge step forward, which I don't think that the album necessarily lived up to its promise in terms of being an evolution for her. Uh, I think it lived up to its promise of being a good album, but that's probably why I'm happy to... I picked the song over the album for Of The Year. So I'm going to go with Kyoto by Phoebe Bridgers. Excellently said, Eddie. Jay Curdle, did either of you guys have Kyoto as your song of the year? Nay, but it's a banger. It is definitely a banger. A a couple of notes I wanted to add, Eddie. One is that I could not, uh, uh, even though we did not talk all that much during 2020, not a week went by without uh, thinking of you because every time I see Phoebe Bridgers' name and see content of her, I think of you because we would do these catch-ups in the middle of the year where you would just dump all the music that you'd listen to. And in 2017 or 18, whenever that first album came out, you were like, this lady this lady, Phoebe Bridgers, and she, she, you, you've been on that bandwagon since day one, and we talked in April, and you said then, you were like, yeah, Kyoto's the song of the year. You said, you said, you said it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did. It was, very, it, was, it, was just, it was really true then, and it's true now. As soon as those drums kick in, as soon as you hear those drums, you're like, oh, oh, here we, like, here we go. And in totally a way different. That, and then if anyone listens to like Boy Genius, Julian Baker uh, is another one of like, they play in a band together and she like makes similar, you know, definitely occupy a similar space. And like the music sphere also put out a song recently that involved like more rock instrumentation. And I think it's a really good look for her as well. Now, now that Fife Dog is, is, has passed on, rest in peace, Julian Baker is now the five foot assassin. Uh, that's right. That's right. The, the, <laughs> the other thing to note about Kyoto is that she did a really sort of more orchestral stringy stripped down version of it uh, for a, not a live performance, but a digital performance of the song on some late night show. I'm trying to remember which one. And it's, it was, uh, she released a short EP where she took four yeah. or five songs off the album uh, Punisher and had someone work in the studio and re-record them all as like quartet pieces, which is super interesting. It was, that, that was, it was really just extra beautiful. Um, that, that, that's Kyoto, totally worthy. Next up, Mr. Nathan Hurdle, what is your song of 2020? All right, so as with most things with me, that's easy. Um, uh, hurdle, so hurdle, hurdle, hurdle. I basically, start, I wrote start, down a bunch of stuff. Start, start that um, over again. Start that over again. Take two, A and B cameras. Take two. Because you chopped in and out. Oh, man. Was I fucking frozen again? Ready? Hey, Give it a go. Give it a go it again. really bad? Give it a go again. You got it. Hey. Hi. Hi. Are we good? We're good. We're good. Keep going. Okay. All right. Cool. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I was going to say, like, as most... Uh, I, I don't know. This is going to annoy you guys, um, but I, you know, I'll probably decide as I read through this list. Um, these were just like a few things that I really enjoyed this year. Um, I did have a free Phoebe Bridgers song on here. I did have garden song on here um, mm. that like falls outside of like, you know, typically like what I'm consuming again. Like I, I listened to just like every single kind of music. Uh, I guess Eddie, showed me garden song at some point and I listened to it and I was like, dude, this song is just like, and I, I'm now, I know I'm thinking of the album art as well, but I was like, this song is if like, just like a skeleton was like making music 
Like, Travis, I listen good. to music that isn't Phoebe Bridgers, by the way. <laughs> two of my <laughs> friends have talked about it. Do I do listen to other stuff? Um, yeah, but yeah. So Garden Song's on there. I love that. I love the uh, the the little cameo from Matt Berninger, the National, with those like incredibly like haunting deep vocals in the chorus. Um, really, really nice. No, Eddie says don't th- no. Don't think it's him. I think it's her. It's it's a member of her band or a producer of hers or something. Is it? Is it not? Oh, that, I'm so sounds, salty. Then. Sounds. That's you so are not the. You and like I. I thought it was too so much so that I looked it up. You it call sounds, yourself a critic. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> it sounds just. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> it sounds just like him. To clarify, we are not critics. I'm gonna dox hurdle. Okay. Four people right, with I'll, I'll, I'll race through. I'll race through a few more of these here. No, it's okay. No, I'll wait. That's fine. Um, all right. Some other things I wrote down. Um, the song Honest by San Holo featuring Broods, which was like this big, huge, bombastic, like electronic thing, which is really good. Um, you guys are going to hate me for this one as well. Yummy. Loved Yummy. Justin Bieber, dude. Great song. Love Yummy, and I also love Lonely as well, the tune he does with Benny Blanco. I, I would say, like, anything to this, if you're just, like, if you're somebody who has, like, been embarrassed to listen to Justin Bieber, we're past that at this point. We are so past that. We're all adults now, so, like, just fucking listen to Justin Bieber if you want to. Hurdle, no, no, no. You're not going to, you're never going to have anybody on this pod, least of all me, shame you for listening to the most bubblegum of pop uh, two of the albums two of the podcasts that i've released this year are album reviews of taylor swift and ariana grande's albums you know <laughs> like <laughs> and yummy is not good but i'm glad you enjoy yeah, it yeah and uh oh, i think are, it's really are, good uh, are, that's are, fine. We, are we gonna keep going let's keep going what yeah, else? i think we need to have a to. debate between yeah i'm not i'm not ready to move forward of yummy. now that not, now that the host said it's not good i'm gonna say it's good Oh, we just, right. cha- check you know, it out though. It's a banger. I'm on the fence. You're on the Persuade fence about yummy. Me. Oh, Persuade okay. me. <laughs> all right. You guys also, yeah. Change, change my mind. Um, <laughs> I think. Well, dude, but that's the thing. Like, I don't primarily like. I don't listen to music. Like, I'm not drawn to music from the lyrics. Like, lyrically is like that's really an afterthought for me. Once I like already have a good relationship, like with the harmony of the song and like the structure and the arrangement and like all the rhythmic motifs and stuff, like then, you know, once I feel comfortable listening to it, then I'll be like, oh, like these lyrics are corny or like these lyrics are good, whatever. Um, obviously, like is yummy substantive and is yummy going to be like put in the zeitgeist? Like, no, no, like it's not, it's called yummy. Um, (laughs) But as far as like good pop production and like slick pop songs and like really catchy hooks and melodies, all that song is, is just a collection of like good riffs. It's just like a few sections and they strung it together and it's not like, you know, it's not breaking the mold by any means, but like, I liked it a lot. I liked it when he did it on SNL. Um, so I maintain my stance on that. Um, I'm in. I'm just going to resolve. Okay, no, cool. No, no, rebuttal, no rebuttal from me. I yield. I yield. <laughs> I, I abstained. Um, a song called Forever in a Day by this uh, sort of like electro r&b duo called drama all caps drama from chicago really good song dark um disclosure are firing on all cylinders they're incredible they're so 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 good um they put out a song called duha d-o-u-h-a um with like this uh, some incredible vocals on it but that's just like a full-on like really awesome you know slick house track um dragon ball durag by thundercat he put that's, out like a weird EP that's, all, that's on my list in fact it might have been my like dragon ball durag is just like so fun dude yeah so fun um it's the weekend pretty undeniable as well um and then uh Haim put out a cool album this year. They have a song on there called Men from the Magazine, um, which I thought was just like so good and like just had a really unique palette, um, you know, felt like very intimate to listen to. And I also felt like it was pretty, not, not that people, you know, over the last like, you know, half century haven't been like talking about 
issues and you know things of race and and sexism and all this kind of stuff but it was just like a really pretty like you know kind of, it was sort of like like the the me too kind of like anthem a little bit and that might be like people might be like what are you talking about but it was just pretty point blank like i think one of the lines in the song is basically just like what's left to prove as like a female artist and i thought that was like totally spot on um i think the album is the album is called like women in music part three and it's all a little tongue-in-cheek um but i thought that song was really good so uh, part also, three yeah okay sorry. so ultimately um, hurdle are, are, we, are we excuse me we're yeah. keeping going with the list i apologize we keep going we keep going okay. have... I, i'm gonna i'm gonna race through them um i'm gonna decide in a second i'm just gonna read these off uh cory wong put out an album this year he has a song with kimbra on that album called design which is unbelievable dude just like i it annoys me like dude people are getting like dangerously good at music like people keep getting better at music and it's like a little intimidating like music keeps <laughs> sounding fucking better better and i'm like you guys gotta slow down um mac demarco was featured on this song called rolled up with this uh guy benny sings that was like a weird like quarantine kind of like lockdown little uh, thing that was fun. I liked that a lot. Honorable mentions: Drake, "Laugh Now, Cry Later," featuring Little Dirk. Uh, love that song. Baby. song. Yeah, yeah, really good. The first um, time, the first time I heard that song was watching in the NBA bubble, and someone was shooting warm up shots, and it was like the first time I'd heard that song. And every time they like stopped their warm up shot and hit the baby on that, and I was laughing so hard watching them do their warm up. And I like, I, you know, because I would have heard it if I'd left my house, if people were supposed to be leaving their house, but that's just kind of funny. I, I don't know who it was. It might've been like, it wasn't like Jimmy Butler or like Andre Iguodala or something. I think it was someone on the heat, but it was a good bit. Yeah. Anytime you hear just like Drake, like sort of at living at the beginning of the song and then like a few horns, you're like, it's about to just like go off. Like it's <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, a, yeah. That soft horn kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Good, good take. <laughs> yeah. Just slappage incoming. Just yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, Dua Lipa had an awesome year. She oh. kind of had like a breakout year. She's also like incredibly good looking and just like an awesome celebrity. Um, so she had that song "Don't Start Now," which I thought was really good. And then she has that song with uh, the baby as well, "Levitating," which is a. Uh, they're both just like fun dance pop hits. I Levitating like is so good. Um, the adults are talking from the new Strokes album. Love that tune. It was just like it was just everything that I like about the Strokes. You know, it just had like, it was just dripping in the air. Aesthetic, um, and Julian is a god. Um, and then that Busta Rhymes song, "Look Over Your Shoulder," um, that featuring Kendrick as well. So anyway, so those were a bunch. You know, just for the sake of being controversial, I'm gonna lock in "Yummy." Oh wow, right, that sucks. Song of the year, 2020. <laughs> not <laughs> not not that you picked "Yummy," but that you said just for the sake of controversial. <laughs> you sold me on "Yummy," but then you said just for the sake of being controversial. I was uh. on your side. Here's the thing, though, and this is why I asked early, and, and then I'll be quiet. It's just like, I could have picked so many better songs that I enjoyed a ton this year, but were released in, like, 1959. You know what I mean? Like, that's <laughs> mostly what I listened to this year was just, like, like you know, some some crackly, like, Christmas carol that I heard, like, you know, on a show. Um, but anyway, that's from stuff that was released this year, so that's all. I loved it. I li- I love I loved that whole rundown of all the songs. And uh, so Eddie chose chooses Kyoto by Phoebe Bridgers. Turtles oh, got Yummy by Justin Bieber and Jake. You have as your song of the year in 2020. Um. So my my pick is pretty much like entirely the opposite of what Hurdle picked. Um. Because it is like super fucking obscure. And like very like politically charged and meaningful. And so the name of the song is called Mirage. Um, it's by two guys um, named Quell Chris and Chris Keys. One of them's a producer from the West Coast. One of them's an MC from Detroit. And they put out this new album called Innocent Country 2 this year. Um, and this track, which I believe is their first single, um, basically got got kind of more well-known because they got a feature from Earl Sweatshirt on it mm. um, where he does, he does amazingly well on 16 bars, but this was my, my, my most listened to song of last year. And the reason why in part is because it, you know, it came out kind of weeks after the murder of George Floyd. And although it's not explicitly about police brutality, um, 
it is about living in times of Corona. And I think, and, and more so than Corona, just like this very kind of like strange and unstable era of, of debt and Trump and um, kind of like a world without hope. And it's, it's just like this like beautiful piano, like it's the stage with like these very like soft background vocals that grow and grow and grow. And just like 16 verse after 16 verse after 16 verse, the song is seven minutes long. It's just like this like anthem of like both this like really like pretty and kind of like soft spoken instrumental, but with like, like MCs just like really like making the most of their time. And then like, Allah never let me down Kanye West, Jay-Z. There's just like a two minute outro where this guy who I've never heard of, he's like impossible to Google because his name is Big Sen and Big Sean just pops up. So it's like impossible (laughs) to find him. But he just like goes on this like sort of, you know, like sort of poetry, sort of rap, sort of just talking as the beat kind of fades, just like about precarity and like about like being touch and go and, you know, like having like the mirage smile on your face as like you don't know what's going to happen next. And it's just like, it's just so fucking good. Um, And like, it's interesting that a song that like was so heavy and like is about things that are are, like tough to contemplate mentally is something I listened to so much this year, but like, because it's so like beautiful melodically, I feel like it was just like this like very nice marriage that like allowed me to like listen to it more than I thought. I, uh, I worked at a coffee shop for most of this year and because we didn't have customers in, like we could just play whatever music we wanted. And like, (laughs) I remember like trying to get my coworkers to like listen to this album and like, they were just not down. (laughs) They were just like, I'm not trying to like listen about like environmental degradation at work. Like we're playing Raj out of here, Jay. Like we're playing Gunna (laughs) and shut the fuck up. And I was just like, yeah, whatever, you know? Uh, Yeah. That's fine with me. But I, I highly recommend it's just like two artists that have been like grinding for a while who have like not really made it, but like made a really beautiful album and like a great song. It's also like, Earl's verse is really interesting because it is like the most happy beat I've ever heard Earl sweatshirt on. Cause like, he's so frequently just on these like dark tones, <laughs> like barely music. Um, and it's, it's just so good. It's uh, very highly recommended for all people. And like what, I mean, it, you guys are, please feel free to jump in, but like, I think music that, is like created during tumult and like often is like explicitly focused on that. I feel like can like lose, lose like a lot of like the gusto or like the purpose when like artists are so like clearly like trying to respond to like a cultural moment. And and I think like the protests following George Freud were so spontaneous. I mean, obviously there was groundwork laid before that, but like, people didn't really know what the fuck was going on. And like, I remember in those few weeks, like every rapper was just like trying to put out a single and like Beyonce put out her bullshit. And like, everyone was just trying to like have a song of the moment. And I think this song kind of works because like it was before all that, like it was the regular musical process Mm. and they just happened to like drop it at the best time. Yeah, there's so. like a reason why no one fucking listens to We Are the World, right? Because that song yeah. fucking sucks. And also because it's like such a ham fisted facade of artistic like protest. And like, I don't know, it's just like, it's a, like I can watch Freddie Mercury at Farm Aid or whatever because he's just doing his thing and it sounds good. Like, and, and yeah. he's doing it for a purpose and, and they're, they're there for you know, whatever the thing was, like, I don't, don't, again, I know very little, I've seen the video of it, but like, I can watch an artist perform and that artist can be performing for something that's big and grand and special. But I think that the whole point is curating an artist that like fits that versus like trying to shoehorn in, you know, an anthem, it feels closer to advertising and like trying to reach like a, you know, it's like means tested music, like versus like, you know, just organically responding to the right, right thing in the right time. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. My, my runner-up for song was a song called No Justice, No Peace, No Hope. 
by uh, Andrew Jackson Jihad. They released it in an album either end of December. I think it was beginning of 2020. And it's basically, it's an album that's essentially at, it's at the end of the Trump presidency. And um, it's just, it's, it's, I, I don't know if, if you guys ever feel like a level of fatigue whenever people comedians or artists or something just start talking about like how evil Trump is. Cause like after like a certain point, it feels almost like it's reductive and almost like by funneling all this stuff into like evil bad man Trump, we're like ignoring a lot of like the systemic things that got him there. And like, I, I find a lot of the, the stuff is sort of ham fisted anyways, when they do it. And this album is really good. It's really funny at points. And it's like, it's not necessarily hopeless, but it definitely is like taking stock of the situation in like an unbelievably poignant way. It's definitely a departure from their usual stuff for anyone who listens to them. They're like a folk punk band, Uh, but it's not a folk punk album. It's like a really pretty, almost just a folk album. And uh, for anyone, I, I will, I can't say anything that they don't say better. So I would check out the song, no justice, no peace, no hope. Um, very, very good. Very pointy. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, well, on, I, I feel like a couple of artists who like really actually like nailed kind of like the protest song Pack. this year. Anderson um, Pack was packed with lockdown. Obviously, mm-hmm. that shit was so hot. J Rock obliterates that. Yeah, verse of his. Yeah, I, I can't believe they like he like wrote it and performed it and mixed it like so quickly. Like I, I don't exactly remember when it came out, but it felt like it was like right in the middle of everything. It was like early April or something. It was it was like really. It wasn't early. that. No, no, no. It wasn't that. Early. No? Was it? No, no. no, no, no. We could Floyd check, died in we June. Check that. But but that's that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, but it, it was it was. It was excellent and uh, groovy, and the usual. He did the usual Pac thing and made it important without being too preachy. Uh, my, am I? Is is it? May I? Okay. Well, grip well, it, grip it, I, I feel like, go on, Jake. Go on. I feel like can we also talk about song thirty three? Oh, and that like whole thing. Like I know we don't have memories anymore. You mean but, that? You mean that coal thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that coal thing. Was, that was that awesome. like that kind I, of like collectively embarrassing moment yeah. for American him, hip hop. Him, him saying, I don't do a lot of reading, but I do a lot of thinking uh, stuck with me so hard. I was just I like, mean, that's a great line. line. That's a great line. I'm going to get that on a shirt or a tattoo. Oh I, I'm God. into that. It made me really, really self-conscious about not reading more. <laughs> <laughs> well, no name has a book club. I don't know if you guys yes. follow it. No, no name has a book club. Our, our prisons obsolete by angela davis <laughs> yeah worth worth checking out she's it's very cool so for her to come at j cole who says i don't do a lot of reading was there's a particular like bite to that she also is just completely unique in her delivery and whatnot mm-hmm. nobody sounds like no name you're like oh it's no name yep you know Deeper, uh, well she, yeah she's also just like like brilliant like as a person like mm-hmm. independent of music um and it's just like she's very like willing to talk about things that like people in the industry would rather black artists never talk about mm-hmm. and she just like tweets them and, and just like has them on public forums and that's just like refreshing mm-hmm. Big um, time. like a- as a fan and it's a it's a wonder that i kind of forgot song 33 as i was making my list for song of the year but you're right jake stuff can get it's easy to have stuff get lost in the shuffle of this purgatory of a year um yeah. some of the other songs before we get to my song of the year i did have dragon ball Rag in here because when uh the video's hysterical and when thundercat says <laughs> i i may be covered in cat hair but i still smell good i mean that <laughs> that is it's really i love his falsetto uh uh, I had Blinding Lights. I had I Know the End, the last song of Phoebe Bridges' album, which is so brilliant. Yeah. Hell, uh, hell of a closer. And my, uh, my three-year-old nephew loves that song. <laughs> Joshua? Yeah, That's especially cool. the end. Like Whenever we play it for him, he'll just go, ah. During the yell, <laughs> which he yells, that is incredibly yeah, adorable. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I had I had WAP on here, which Jake and I discussed a little earlier on the phone. I feel like you have to talk about the song when you talk because when you talk about 2020, because it was a massive number one, and because I just really love and will remember the lyrics to that song, particularly Megan Thee Stallion's songs. The <laughs> lyric that I quoted for Jacob on the phone earlier was, "If it don't hang, then he can't bang." You can't hurt my feelings, but I like pain. That's just that's just <laughs> really, really good. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, Do It by Chloe and Hallie, who had a, a great year. And now um, one of them, I think Chloe, is going to be Ariel when they're remaking uh, The Little Mermaid. Uh, this, and this, my song of the year. My song of the year is not uh, a conventional banger the way it usually is most years. It is the song Cut Me by Moses Sumney. It's the mm-hmm. opening track of his album this year, and it starts with this bass um, uh, line, bass melody, and you are kind of curious to see which direction it goes. And just Moses Sumney's voice comes in and just drizzles all over this in a way that I just... It, was incredibly compelling and I've tried to sing along to it and do all the little intricacies of his runs and you can't do it. And he's, he's just got a, a really excellent voice to, 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 to the point where I can struggling to find the adjectives for it in the same class as a guy like uh, Frank, the, the way, the way we talk about it, maybe not in terms of the song substance necessarily, although he most of somebody has some substance to it. It's just, the the velvety deliciousness of that man singing uh, is quite something. So cut me by Moses Sumney. Also, I'm the only one out of the four of us who has a song of the year that's more than one word. Kyoto, yummy, mirage, and cut me. Um, I think I'm so embarrassed, dude. Like, <laughs> I've, been sitting, you know, I've been sitting here squirming. It literally like Jake had to go and just like <laughs> run to the other end of the spectrum. I'm sitting here feeling like the most vapid motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, Whatever, man. dude. I don't care. I love it. I love it. That's good. Yeah, you got that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, careful. My, Any longer, you can't use that. My friend, my friend uh, says that uh, she always hears it as yummy omelet. Girl, you got that yummy omelet. Yummy omelet. I mean, uh, it could. That could make sense. It could be. And now, and now we move on to album of the year, which I'm going to go first this time because I have basically the equivalent of choosing yummy for my album of the year. Actually, that's not true because I, this Dua Leap album is really fucking good. Future Nostalgia. It's my album of the year and it's got a bunch of just bangers on it. Not just don't start now. It's got levitating and physical and break my heart and pretty please. And just it's 11 minutes. It doesn't overstay. It's welcome. I think it's less than 45 minutes, maybe less than 40 like Hurdle said, Dua Lipa is just astoundingly beautiful. There's a she went on an episode of Fuck That's Delicious with like action and his like cohort of just, <laughs> just rotund Albanians. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Action, who's lost a ton of weight and yes. has like really gotten super healthy recently. Very happy. Ever for since him. he got the, his entire head tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but Dua Lipa just on that show just comes in, just like this the way Galadriel comes in in Lord of the Rings. And yeah, I, I thought the album was really good and uh, really good for working out for or, or whatever, whatever dancing you might feel like doing. Hopefully I'll get to play it at some gigs at some point in 2021 or 2022. That's right. Yeah, uh, it would have been played in so many bars. Like this What, year. Don't Start Now? Just like yeah. four or five of those songs. <laughs> like Dua Lipa would have just been everywhere. Like she already was everywhere, but like, her music all, is meant to be like shared. And, and I think all these too. songs are way better than the previous singles that she was part of. One Kiss or New Rules or any or the, those previous singles. I think these songs are a chunk better than them. So yeah. one, one Kiss is like one to put in like the time capsule of <laughs> uh, Hurdle, your 2020 album of the year. Is, any, is anyone else feeling their edible, by the way? <laughs> i'm glad there's is not gonna just, be any video on this because my eyes have been getting smaller and smaller is it is it just me <laughs> i might need to get some water can i get water you, you ate yes. five um Go all on. right well th- here's the thing man like for somebody who like are you good what happened I don't know. He might have. He might have fucking taken a tumble. Go ahead, Nathan. Go on. Well, this is the thing, dude. Like for somebody who just like, you know, whose life like hinges around music in so many ways. Like I'm so excited for these types of things in principle, and then like I get to it, and I'm just like, oh, like again, I, I I'm I'm rarely listening to like full albums, and I know that turns a lot of people off as well. And I know that's not the way. Like I think most you three like, listen to stuff i know eddie for sure is like a big like record guy i'm again i'm just like accruing songs like i said like i will listen to just like you know on shuffle and it'll go from this to this to this to this to this to this and like that's not jarring to me like i just love to listen to like 
every kind of thing that comes on. Um, so the two things that I wrote down for album of the year um, were basically, I guess, just albums that I listened to a bunch of like songs from. One would be uh, Alfredo, um, right? Gibbs and, and The Alchemist, which is obviously like... I knew it was going to get know, brought up just, at some point. It has to be. Just it's just be, like pristine hip hop, dude. Like Freddie Gibbs is like so sick. Um, and there's some amazing beats on there and some amazing features on there as well. Um, but I think the one that I guess like means a little bit more to me and probably is like, you know, the album of the year. Um, there's this band Prep, who I've been into for quite a while now. I've probably recommended them to all ever since ever since you uh, um, recommended me the All My Friends remix a few years back. Love that prep remix. Anyway. Yeah, dude. That was like, yeah, they did a really cool remix of uh, of All My Friends. Um, so they put out like, you know, they released a bunch of singles from it, like tail end of last year into, into this year. And then uh, in the summer, they put out the full record. And it's really cool, dude. It's just, again, it's like, it's tight. It's slick. Um, they're all just like session players essentially. And they were like, you guys want to like start a band. And so like as some, for somebody who's into a lot of like jazz rock and like fusion from the seventies and eighties, like again, like Steely Dan, like probably one of my top bands of all time. Like this is a record and this is a band that like Steely Dan, like would absolutely be proud of because it's like, there's a bunch of just like hip shit going on musically, which is really cool. Like there's a lot of, you know, if you like pop, you can listen to it. If you like R&B, you can listen to it. If you like disco, you can listen to it. If you like funk, you can listen to it. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff going on in there. And I love their whole aesthetic as well. I very fortunately got to see them um, at the beginning of February um, in, a, in a tight, hot, narrow little room that now I look back on and I'm like, oh my God, like, what were we doing? Um, you know, just like shoulder to shoulder with like a hundred other people. And it was their oh, I first- I miss it so uh, much. Yeah it's, yeah, it's unreal. Like, it, it's, yeah, it's crazy. But it was their first U.S. Uh, appearance, I believe, and it was their first stop on the tour as well. So it was cool, and we got, like, a signed poster and everything. Um, but, yeah, I'm, like, in a, you ever, like, are, are you ever, like, proud of an artist you've, like, never met? But you're, like, oh, like, good for you, man. Absolutely. You know, or whoever. I was, like, yeah, guys, like, let's go for it, you know? And I, I'm also just, like, so floored by all of these artists who have, like, just like taken COVID like in their stride, like so massively and have just been like, well, like I'm not going to let this stop me from making music. Like, you know, prep, they posted this thing of like, you know, them in the studio with like an orchestra's worth of players. And like, everyone's just like masked up, like playing cellos and violins in this like enormous studio. And I just thought it was like, you know, it was cool. It's like inspiring in a way. Um, but yeah, the self-titled album prep by prep, um, check it out. It's a lot of fun. I like it a lot. Also, Alfredo had the best album cover of the year. That album mm. cover of the Puppet Master with the pasta is yeah. just really, really, with really good. Uh, you could make the argument, and in fact, I would make the argument because I'm sort of a what have you done for me lately uh, person in terms of holding the belt that Freddie Gibbs is the best rapper in the game right now. Over the last two years, his output is just unquestioned because he did... Uh, bandana right no, my, yeah, last year he, he did That's bandana and then he had the what's the what's the album of uh cover of him his solo album of him looking Freddy. for sharp freddie he put out bandana freddie and uh this one alfredo in two years that's just wild that is yeah. such high quality stuff <laughs> to be putting out in a short period of time uh well so yeah the the first thing i looked up when you asked me like what was my favorite album of last year is like I just like looked up to see if bandana was this year. Cause I don't remember yeah. when anything Same. came out. Same. Anymore. Same. Um, I was like, Oh no, oh, I'll pick something. Yeah, really funny. <laughs> so on that topic, Jake, you might've, that might've been the beginning of your research, but in the end, what did you end up picking as album of the year? Um, so I had two that I thought were super close. Um, I feel like almost like, probably Nate and Ed would do like a better job talking about it than I would. Um, but one of the two I picked is kind of like a 1A and 1B. Um, coming in at 1A is um, St. Cloud by Waxahachie. Um, I just like listened to the fuck out of that album this year and like working at a coffee shop, like that is a, an amazing coffee shop album. And like there was a period a few weeks where I just like listened to it like back to front maybe every day. Um, like a couple times, um, you know, 
I, I, I don't know a lot about her as an artist. I know it, this seems like kind of a pretty heavy departure for her, um, which kind of makes the album even more amazing because it's so fucking good. And the fact that this is like a new venture for her is absurd. But I'll, I'll let Eddie talk because I can tell he wants to. No, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm bad. Get bad radio. I'm like nodding in agreement heavily. I think, I think he nailed it. It's, just, oh, okay. it's, it's, it's like an old school country album. It's like, yeah. she, she used to just sing, if you listen to the album, I forget what it's called, but the one with like bathtub on it. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just like her like singing. I remember like a lot of our friends in college liked it. It's just like these sad dirges about like unrequited indie girl love. And it sounds like it was recorded through like, you know, sixties recording equipment and it's cool, but this is, yeah, I, I think you nailed it. I, this was definitely on my short list. Yeah. And so we've got Alfredo slash prep and you have another one, right, Jake? Do you have another? I do. Um, so yeah, the, the one that I, I, I kind of felt like I needed to like, you know, choose one hip hop one and one non hip hop one. Um, but this was probably um, collectively my most listened to album of the year, which was Spilligen, um, mm. which was like the first, Spilligen. it's, it's like the first like major label album. Um, by Spillage Village, which is just Jid and Earth Gang and like a couple of other MCs from Atlanta, Black, and then just like two or three producers pretty much like handles all their output. Just an absurd amount of talent. Yeah, yeah, just uh, <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's just like, it's just like the better Atlanta, you know? It's right. like the less commercial, like better Atlanta that I feel like more like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it'll ever be as commercially successful as like the dudes that came before them and are still like putting out great music. Like I, I love Migos. I love future. You know, I love all those guys, but like these dudes can just rap like so hard and like, there's so much substance in what they say and like it, people need wise, to fucking start paying attention. Yeah. It's a cut above most of the Atlanta stuff. Substantively. It's several cuts above. Yeah. You know, I think that's safe to say. It's I, like the cream. It's like the cream. Oh, I could go for a good Guinness right now. So that's, 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 I have to listen to that album, Jake, Spillage Village. Jid might be, I mean, I've said talent wise that he's the second best, the second most talent, like after Kendrick, I think he can do the most things in the most ways, uh, uh, more better than anybody except Kendrick, honestly. Which is funny because he sounds a lot like Kendrick on a lot of his songs. They yeah. do a lot of the same vocal, like phonations and stuff. Eddie? Yeah. Well, I, I, I just want to say one more thing, which is that like they made this album in like two months, which is like ridiculous because like I you know I think collectively there's like you know 15 features on it and the group is like six or seven people, and they just like made it from like March to like July this year, which was just like such a fucked up time <laughs> in America, <laughs> and they just made this like like you know it's called spillagen it's like it's like this like religious kind of like gospel but like infused with their hip-hop it's very soulful you know a lot of the songs are like eight and nine minutes where it's just like they're just ballads you know and like some of them are kind of corny they're like fucking rapping about covid and it you know it doesn't it doesn't hit you know maybe as hard as something more natural um but man that fucking album is like really good it's it's like it's like a little inconsistent but there are like five or six just like songs that i'll listen to for years off this album so we've got waxahatchee saint cloud saint cloud and we've got spillage village spillagen yes yes and that's that's to go along with Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa and prep by prep and alfredo by freddie gibbs and alchemist and alchemy alchemist i'm so the alchemist Alchemist. And now Eddie Brown gives us his album of the year, 2020. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the artists that I really like, there was lesser output this year um, due to COVID stuff uh, and the whole industry suffering as a whole. So I really thought when I went back to this, I would have had a richer sort of like tapestry of albums to choose from. I found that a lot of that was informed by the fact that I read the stellar book, Meet Me in the Bathroom, this year. For those of you who listen to The Strokes ever and have not read this book, it is maybe the best music book ever written. It's unbelievable. And it's like, it covers like the whole span of like The Strokes, 
the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, LCD Sound System, Interpol, like everything all the way up to like Vampire Weekend and Grizzly Bear. It's entirely interview transcript. It's super gossipy, but there's so much like meat about like the music industry of like how indie rock basically was, how rock and roll, American rock and roll was basically reborn in New York by the, you know, by the Strokes and this whole generation and, and the Walkman and all this stuff. And, and I, so I just spent the whole year listening to like, antics by interpol and you know uh is this it by the strokes and the entire yeah yeah yeah's discography and like it's just like so i'm like i listen to so much great music this year and it's all from like all like it's it's like oh that came out on 9-11 this is nowhere near where where we are now when we when uh the four of us uh hung out in dc uh when Eddie and I road tripped down there, we listened to the first two Strokes albums. And for that whole weekend, you were giddy. You were, there were endorphins pouring out of you because of how happy and excited you were reading this book. And mm-hmm. I subsequently have not read it and I regret that. I hope to remedy that. It's a quick read. <laughs> it'll, take, it'll take you a couple weeks. Um, and, and, there, and, and thus, is that leading into what is the album of the year? Yeah, actually, I guess that is a good segue. I don't know. I guess I, I like I said, I had a hard time, uh, honorable mentions, um, free Illuminati hotties, which is a really awesome oh. album by a great, uh, band name and a really great story too. Cause basically they couldn't get the rights to their music back from their, from their record label. So they made an entire album that shit on their record label and then pretty much released it for free, which is just an awesome story by like an unbelievable bastion of punk rock, which is Illuminati Hotties. Their lead singers worked on a lot of projects. Run the Jewels 4 was up there. Uh, Marigold by Pine Grove is a killer album. Black Habits by D Smoke uh, was one of my favorites. Bullies off that album is an unbelievable song. Uh, Andy Schaff, Neon Skyline is like this very cool, very almost like Paul Simony sort of like indie, you know, 70s pop rock album. It's really cool. Baroque. Yeah, very bro. I mean, he. I've never heard a man use the oboe more on an indie rock album, and I and I'd like never to again. I think he got it in one. Um, Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers would have been my favorite, but I already used Kyoto, so I would say for my my number one and number two, and again, my other one would have been Saint Cloud uh, would have been up there certainly by Waxahachie. Yep. I'll start with that with the natural segue, which I sort of just chopped up, which is New Abnormal. Yeah, by the strokes. the strokes. I think that that album, so mm. I, 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 as if you're a Strokes fan, like this album was like the big, the biggest release of just, I mean, just. the Strokes are making a new album. Strokes are touring again. The Strokes are playing shows again. The Strokes are going to play SNL. Like, holy shit, the Strokes are going to play SNL. Like, the synapses that were firing as you listen to like Selfless and Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus and whatnot, it's like, they, they, I mean, the they, first album, the first single that they released was the Bad Decisions. Bad Decisions, or I think it was a weird one. Oh, I was think it, it was a weird at one? the door. I believe. I at think that's the door, right. Which that's is right. not surprising because the Strokes have a really long history of releasing like kind of lame, like twelve fifty one, which is an awesome song. But coming off, is this it? Their first smash hit album was an album that has Reptilia on it, and the <laughs> lead single that you released is twelve fifty one. Was like burying a lead that maybe never got found with the same amount of like intensity that it should have. So this album yeah. they put out at the door, and I was like, very cool. And then they put out Bad Decisions, which, you know, again, is just taking the, the line from... Dancing uh, with Melt Myself. With, oh. Is it Dancing with Myself or Melt With You? Making bad decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever, whichever one. It's, it's essentially, which is funny because this song is a lot about 80s rock songs and stuff. Or I suppose yeah. it's Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus. But I, I just found this album was such a grower. I stayed up on my couch, just waited for it to come out. And then I put on my headphones and I just sat on my couch and listened to this album. I just didn't do anything else. I sat with my dog. I, was, I, I stayed back home at the beginning of quarantine. I was lucky enough to be able to stay with my parents. Shout out and to pal. My dog, pal. And he just sat there and we listened to the new Strokes album together. And I just remember the first song on that album is The Adults Are Talking. And I remember just hearing Jillian Casablancas' voice. And maybe this is because I don't listen to his side project, The Voids. I should say it's a proper band. It's not a side project. Um, his voice, talk about leaps and bounds forward. I mean, the falsetto that he added to his game like, he's no longer just this guy with a growl cupping the mic and singing into, like, a weird EQ. Like, he sounds like a, a world-class frontman for indie rock. Um, into Selfless, which is this beautiful, building, lilting guitar ballad. Into Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus, which is this, like, 
sort of 80s anthem about loneliness, which again, sort of came out at the right time in the right place. Bad Decisions is just like, a, you know, the Cure-esque, like modern English-esque banger. Um, you know, Eternal Summer has this sort of cool, interesting, Baroque, dark pop feel to it. At the Door is this big electronic feel. Not the same anymore is this almost sounds like a like a jazz standard by you'd hear from like Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra, which is funny because I don't think enough people connect the strokes with New York, which they are so like intrinsically tied to. And you hear a song like that and you can almost picture like Julian Casablancas with like a cigarette in his hand and like a tuxedo on. And that Dude, I think it thing, has that's the thing, like, like Casablancas is just like a crooner for the crooner. age. Yeah. He's a crooner. And, he, and, and I yeah. think that is, he's leaned more and more into that. And as he's added this smoothness and like falsetto to a voice, which is sort of the opposite of like what a lot of artists do. It's just been such an interesting growth in reverse. And then it ends with uh, maybe the second best album closer of the year. Uh, it would be Ode to the Mets, which is just a stunning build. Unbelievable closer. Speaking of reminding you that they're from New York. Um, you know, I, I just, when he cuts, uh, drums, please, Fab, is like one of the coolest little isms, you know, I, I just think they're the kings of cool in rock. I think every musician for the past 20 years in indie rock has been trying to carry the jocks. Say, of the hey, say the line, say the Alex Turner line. Yeah. I just wanted to be one of the strokes. Now I look what you all made me do. One of the strokes. Right. I made this amazing space concept <laughs> album that no one's going to like. And, uh, I, I found it really interesting that like people didn't like this album. Like people like panic. I remember reading the pitchfork review that dropped like three hours after the album did and just seething because it just felt like they'd completely missed the point. Like they wanted, is this it? Like they wanted, is it room on fire or room on fire? Yeah. It's just infuriating. And it's like, first off, there's no, I I really hate how it's got to be gotcha journalism where the take isn't out in the first hour they've failed. So you have these half baked takes by like a guy who like has enough time to write an op-ed about an album that he has no business like forming other people's opinions on. So I I think it gave it a ridiculously low score. I, I know it's maybe not the best album of the year compared I, I just think that it was like it was such a monumentous moment for music and I think that they stuck the landing much more effectively than a lot of people say they did by the one which I'll give way less time to my one B is color theory by soccer mommy um I think circle the drain Soccer-a-mommy. is like soccer I would and then I want to thank thank for the music of <laughs> thank you for soccer mommy, mommy. I mean, hearing some of Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders could have basically done the end of my end of Lucy, take a spend, uh, rat boys, like all of like my favorite indie rock. I'm like, I've seen all Bernie Sanders and I have the same like street cred for indie rock. I myself worked the night shift. (laughs) It's just like, you know, I don't know. I just thought it was fantastic. Color theory just feels like, I feel like soccer mommy got really overshadowed when clean came out because snail mail put out her album that year. Snail mail got Matador's press machine behind it. And, you know, she had uh, Pristine, which is like an A++++, S-plus single. Unbelievable drop. And then the album was okay. And Soccer Mommy quietly put out Clean, which was easily one of the best albums of the year that it came out, which I want to say was 2017. Um, And this year she puts out Color Theory, which is like she dug into the early 2000s, like Michelle Branch-ass guitar rock albums, like, you know, Allie and AJ dancing in the rain on a Disney Channel original music video. That energy she funneled into this fascinating, interesting, textured, layered, sad indie pop album called Color Theory. It is what it looks like. The album art's perfect. It's blue and yellow. It almost looks like a noir cover. It has that same sort of like melancholy to it, but you can sort of bop your head to it. Circle the Drain, I think, is like a perfect song. There's nothing you would change about it. And I think it shows just like an unbelievable level of maturity and an incredible sophomore effort. Um, I was lucky enough to see her open for like the districts or something, a band that she is infinitely more talented than. so I, I just, it was, it was really cool to see her drop that album right at the beginning of quarantine. Gave me some good, uh, some good fuel to listen All the to. Districts fans out there, they're catching strays. That's okay. There's, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's two of them and they're in Philly and they're probably <laughs> passed out. Um, I, I love uh, uh, that, that pick, Eddie, and Soccer Mommy. And anything that just invokes Michelle Branch just is very near and dear to my heart. That's and- right. I come back to cool and uh, your dog all the time. I also thought that maybe there was a little didn't didn't um, doesn't Boy Genius have an album on their EP called Me and My Dog? I always yeah, me and my maybe, dog and, and bite I, the hand. Right and salt. Oh, right, bite the hand. I was about to just start listing songs and be like salt and wound, but no. Uh, 
the your dog and me and my dog. I thought maybe there was some some gossip behind that. So maybe in the bios bathroom style gossip but i mean if Alfred i read one more like crappy piece of music journalism that says like are women leading the charge for rock and roll it's like <laughs> i don't know have you been paying attention for 20 years since karen o was spitting beer on the front row at, under the brooklyn bridge like yeah like i, I just it's like it's like her uh who, who brought up the Haim album was it hurdle yeah. yeah, like, like, what do, what do we have to prove anymore? Like, it just is like, yeah, of course they are. Like, indie rock without influx <clears throat> of, like, women who have been in it for a long time. Like, obviously, Fetch the Bolt Cutters is another honorable mention. Right. Pitchfork's um, Pitch first 10 since my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. And well-deserved. It's yeah. just like, if, if you're, like, women have been, like, carrying indie rock for, like, I don't know, like, t- oh. almost 20 years now. And it's it's... I think that we've covered a, a good amount of, of stuff on this pod between album and song of the year. Um, I do think we're going to call it right there. Jake, Hurdle, Eddie, I, first of all, I, I love you all very much, and there's no three other people I'd rather pontificate about music with. I hope the people out there enjoy it as much as we did, and I think it's uh, um, also safe to say that the four of us want to wish everybody out there a happy holidays and a happy new year and things like that. And uh, hope that you enjoyed listening to the pod and we'll see you again in 2021 so as always you can listen to all episodes of fighting fire with fire at soundcloud.com slash fighting fire with fire follow us on spotify or on apple podcasts email us ajroshow at gmail.com follow us on twitter or instagram at the ajroshow fuck mitch mcconnell fuck that fucking guy and we will talk to he you looks guys. like a turtle he is the worst oh <laughs> Fuck Mitch McConnell. He's got, he's got Dumbledore hands. <laughs> he's, got sh- he's got a shell in his back. He's the creature from Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. Uh, this is Fighting Fire as well. And he, he should have uh, killed me when he had the chance. <laughs> album 2020. <laughs> Till next time. Cheers. Cheers.